When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. What up, y'all? We are back with another edition of the DNBR Rams podcast. We have had a lot of news these last couple of days. Um, if you missed that interview that I had with Jack Moran a couple of days back, 2024 commit, son of legendary CSU football player Sean Moran, make sure you go check that out. But today we're diving into more recruiting news. It's been a monster couple of days as far as transfers go for CSU football. Three different transfer commits since we recorded last. And we're going to get into all of it. I'm going to break down their respective game and kind of give some analysis on on what I think about these guys individually. Then we'll get into some more themes and just kind of overarching takeaways on what this staff has been able to do. Just really impressed, really impressed with these transfers they've been able to add. And I mean, at the high school level, it's night and day from what we were seeing with the previous regime. This staff is just killing it. So we'll talk about all that. Plenty to dive into. I think the plan right now is I'm going to split this into two different parts just for your sake. So it's not information overload all in one pod. But real briefly, I did have a couple of other things here that I just wanted to mention. First off, David Bailey will be joining Steve Adazio at Texas A&M. It'll be the third school Bailey has joined Adazio at, followed him from Boston College to here, and now obviously A&M. And I guess just first things first, congratulations to David. I thought he was a good dude. I always enjoyed interacting with him when he was in Fort Collins, not rooting against him or anything like that. I don't want this to get misconstrued. When healthy, he's proven at multiple schools to be a productive D1 running back. Injuries have certainly set him back and honestly just mismanagement. The workload he had in those first four or five games at CSU was just absurd and then Never really was able to recover after that. But I'll be real with you guys. The fact that he was able to land at an SEC school, pretty shocking to me. I just mean, they've got all this money, and the best that they can do is land a beat-up six-year running back? I don't know, man. It just feels like an odd fit. You know, David has been productive at the D1 level. I don't know if he's fast enough to produce an SEC, though. And to me, just... On the outside looking in, this is kind of peak Adazio. This is what he does. He's a lazy recruiter. You see what the CSU staff is doing now versus what they were doing under Adazio. And admittedly, COVID was a big factor in that, being fair to him. But he was just so full of himself. His ego was so large, and he genuinely believed that he was such a good coach and so strong when it comes to development that he didn't need to go out and try and recruit these elite high school players. 
like I can just see Jimbo Fisher and Steve Adazio sitting around in the office and Jimbo being like, we need a running back. And Steve's, I got, I got the perfect guy. Don't even worry about it. It's my guy. I guess I just think it's funny. Even in the SEC, he's a lazy recruiter. And I guess a tiger just doesn't change his stripes. Anyways, I'll say it one last time. Not trying to take shots at David. This isn't about him. But Daz just continues to grift these schools out of millions of dollars. And I'm sure he'll be fine. I'm sure once he gets fired after this year as the scapegoat for this disastrous situation in A&M, that he'll you know, get another job with one of his other buddies because that's just how this seems to work. But I really do hope Ram fans realize just how significantly improved the recruiting effort has been under this Norvell staff the last, you know, 18 months, 24 months, however long it's been. Amazing how far a little effort goes. I guess I'll just say that and then I'll move on because otherwise I'm going to get myself all (laughs) heated up here and I can ramble on and on for 20 minutes about the previous staff and that's just not necessary. All right, the other thing that I briefly wanted to get into, and then I promise we will talk recruiting, talk about these new transfers, big-time stuff happening in Fort Collins. Isaiah Stevens was not initially, at least, invited to the NBA Draft Combine. Omari Moore of San Jose State, the only Mountain West prospect who was invited. And I'm definitely a little surprised about that. I knew that Isaiah's height, as well as his lack of speed like he's he's very athletic don't get me wrong but his dominance has always been much more about his skill his savviness the ability to play at multiple paces and create shots all over the floor it's not like raw explosiveness and kind of the trouble with that when it comes to this NBA draft evaluation process is just that scouts are going to sit there and they're going to nitpick his game they're going to nitpick his height And they're going to say things like, yes, he is an incredibly skilled basketball player, but is he going to be athletic enough to be able to get past NBA defenders? And that's a really tough spot for Isaiah. It's unfortunate because if he was even two inches taller, it wouldn't even be a a question. But the harsh reality when it comes to this kind of stuff is teams believe that they can coach up prospects, that they can improve the skill, the touch, that type of stuff. You can't teach speed. You can't teach height. Even some of that quickness and and twitchiness and stuff, you can improve, but some of it, you either have it or you don't. And because of that, if a team is going to draft Isaiah, they're going to have to be willing to overlook all of that and really embrace his strengths. Me personally, Isaiah is one of the smartest basketball players I've ever seen. And I do think he could be a role player in the NBA just because he is that skilled and he's that intelligent. But a team's really going to have to fall in love with him. And that's going to be kind of hard to do if he doesn't get to go to the Combine. Now, it should be stated that he did get an invite to the G League combo. So it's not like he doesn't have any professional interest. And if he kills it at the G League uh, Combine, not combo, excuse me, he could still potentially get an extended invitation to the NBA Combine. So nothing's set in stone as of now. Isaiah's really competitive. He's been proving people wrong. His entire career would not shock me if he went and did that right now. But as of tonight, Wednesday, May 10th, kind of reading the the writing on the wall, it seems like the NBA views Isaiah Moore as a UDFA or potentially a guy that could get a G League contract and maybe pop there and get an opportunity that way. And if that is the case, if it's looking like he is going to be a G League guy if he decides to go pro, Shit, I'd just come back. 
it's a better life being the king on campus, being a day one superstar than it is being on a G League team, you know, taking buses through Fort Wayne, Indiana and whatnot. The Dakotas, at least at CSU, you get to do the occasional charter. You're not getting packed into buses for eight, 10 hour drives. But also those opportunities are still going to be there for Isaiah next year. If if it really is undrafted free agent status, G League contract, he'll be able to get that next season or go overseas. But by coming back, you cement your status as the greatest player in program history. He's already first in assists. He's second in scoring. He's within a stone's throw of three-pointers made, field goals made, career points, minutes made, games played, games started, all that stuff. And I think that's appealing. I think it is appealing to have the the legacy of the greatest player in school history and to know that if you come back, you're just going to be beloved. Particularly, could you imagine if they made an NCAA tournament run? Isaiah would be an icon. So, like I said, nothing set as of yet, but it does feel like the the possibility of him returning is more realistic than I would have said it would have been directly after the season. All right, let's move on. Let's get into some of these incoming transfers. But watch 140-plus live channels of sports shows, movies, and news with Fubo TV. You can stream live TV from any device. It's the best way to watch the most Colorado sports for the lowest price. And what's cool is you can start watching immediately with a seven-day free trial. There's no contract, no cable, no hassle. Just sign up and start watching. It comes with 1,000 hours of cloud DVR included at no extra charge. And it's just a great way to be able to watch your local teams while you're at home, while you're traveling, as well as everything else, French Open, F1, UFC, you name it. Watch the Nuggets playoff run on Altitude and ABC with Fubo TV. Just go to fubotv.com slash DNVR to sign up for 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. Also, Breck Brew has a beer for any occasion. There's no better way to watch a game than having some ice-cold Breck Brew on deck. They've been doing it for 32 years, and it all comes down to their love and passion for making good beer. It's made with 100% renewable energy. Gotta love that. And you've also gotta love the endless variety that they offer. You just can't go wrong, whether it's the classic Avalanche Amber Ale, a good company hard seltzer. It is summer salty season after all. They have a new Shandy that is just perfect. Whatever you fancy, check out the beer locator at breckbrew.com. Find a brew near you. Finally, when you get hurt, Backus and Shanker is here to help. Backus and Shanker wins for Colorado families. They've been helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. They're free until they win money in your case. No upfront fee to speak with you about your case. No fee while they work on your case. No fee unless they win your case and win money for you. Backus and Shankers won over $1 billion for their clients, now with even more locations serving all of Colorado, including neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, and Fort Collins. Backus and Shanker has the strength and power to win your case with more than 30 lawyers and 100 staff. Backus and Shanker helps with all kinds of injury cases when you weren't at fault, car accident, motorcycle, ride chair, pedestrians, trucks. They can even help if you're injured at work. Call Backus and Shanker at 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Backus and Shanker wins. All right, so like I said, plan is to break this into two different pods. So we're going to get started here talking about Trey Pastor, the Cal linebacker. Then we'll get into Tony Pierce, uh, Dylan Goffney. At some point, we'll break it up into the next pod as we get into just the more general takeaways and all that. And then I'll wrap up with uh, a couple of thoughts on gambling and why some of these rules need to be updated for college athletes. Otherwise, there are going to be just an insane amount of scandals might have already seen that there are a few popping up in Iowa. 
All right. So the fun started on Sunday afternoon with Trey Pastor, six foot two, two hundred and twenty pound inside linebacker, former three star prospect that was offered by multiple Pac twelve programs coming out of high school, Arizona, Oregon, ultimately signed with Cal. He was a defensive back coming out of high school back when he was being recruited by Jay Norvell initially, has since put on weight, moved to inside linebacker, and he has kind of come into his own. He has some some versatility to his game, which is nice. You got to go back and watch some of those 2021 games for Cal. His role drastically decreased in 2022 for some reason. Don't really understand it. He kind of had a breakout year in 2021. Um, but what stands out the most about him is just his athleticism. I think he's going to be really rangy, sideline to sideline. Definitely moves well from what I've seen on film. Had a 55-yard scoop and score against USC in 2021 where you can kind of see some of that. But bringing in a guy with D1 experience that has this type of ranginess is huge. It's huge in the 4-2-5. Your linebackers have got to be able to make plays. I mean, you look at last year, what Cameron Carter and Daquan Jackson did, both had 100-plus tackles. And it's just a lot of production to make up for it. You're hoping that Chase Wilson and Drew Kulik can be productive for you, and those guys have, when they've been on the field, Kulik missed a lot of the spring, but when they've been on the field, they've, they've looked good. But the depth at linebacker was certainly a concern. It was something you heard the staff mention multiple times throughout the spring. Norvell was pretty blunt about it after the spring game even. And I'm really excited to see what Pastor can do in a Rams uniform. In 2021, he had 25 total tackles, four and a half were for a loss. That year, he recovered a pair of fumbles, had three pass breakups to boot. So showing some abilities and coverage. Again, converted DB, you love that. I just feel like it's been a long time since CSU has had a linebacker you truly felt good about in coverage situations. I mean, I was talking to Kevin Lytle the other day, and we were kind of reminiscing back to that Washington State game last year. And that's obviously significant with Wazoo coming to Fort Collins again this fall. But if you watch that game again, just go back and look how many times they ran the same crossing route underneath It was just all day. The middle of the field was completely open. And in theory, if you add a guy like Pastor into the mix, you might be able to to take some of that away, especially if you have some guys that you feel better about in the slot um, and and at nickel. Like They've got to be impactful as well. But when it comes to the middle of the field, man, you've got to cover a lot of range in this 4-2-5. And I think adding a guy like Trey Pastor is big. I really do. Just a heads up for y'all, the hope is to have Trey on the podcast a little later this week. I've been in contact with him. We're kind of trying to figure that out. It's it's a tough time right now, and I get it. It's chaotic with finals, and if you're a transfer, you're trying to finish up at one school and get your living arrangements figured out at the next one and travel and all that. It's, it's a lot going on, so we'll have to see. But keep your eyes out, because the plan is to have him on Let's move on. Let's go to the next transfer edition and talk about Tony Pierce, who will be coming over from North Dakota State, veteran defensive lineman who will be reunited with Buddha Williams. Buddha Williams was his D-line coach at NDSU the first four years of his career. The staff doing a nice job of taking advantage of personal connections. That's one of the things that I'm going to talk about on part two, actually. But, um, Tony Pierce, obviously the third North Dakota State player. We've got that pipeline flowing, joining safety Dom Jones and running back Kobe Johnson. Both those guys, of course, already previously announced their respective commitments. 
Pierce is listed at 6'1", 242 pounds, defensive end, though kind of looking at him, I, I could see him maybe going to defensive tackle as well. Not 100% on that, but he looks like he's got the frame for it. 99 total tackles in his career, 14 and a half for a loss. He has eight career sacks, a pair of pass breakups, and a fumble recovery. Coming off of a season in which he started every single game for the Bison and DSU, obviously made the FCS National Championship, fell short, falling to South Dakota State. But basically, my opinion on this addition is that it's a bit of a luxury ad, just with defensive line being arguably the deepest group on the entire team. Having said that, though, I still think it makes sense with how much Freddie Banks loves to rotate. He loves to keep guys fresh. It's not like when Patchen and Toby McBride and Manny were playing 90 snaps a game. You know, Freddie, we've asked him about it. He literally laughs. He's like, I don't know how you're supposed to do that. I don't know how you're supposed to be productive for that many snaps. So just having another veteran that you can throw into that rotation, work into the mix, a guy that has proven, been productive in a championship caliber program, albeit at the FCS level, that's huge. That's a big win. Probably wasn't as high on the priority list as adding another linebacker, adding a DB, you know, offensive line help, even a running back with the whole Avery Morrow scenario, and we still don't know how that's going to play out. So, yeah. Maybe not necessarily a necessity for the defense, but you can never have too many productive defensive linemen, especially guys that have D1 experience, have been in the big moments before. There's just no substitute for that type of experience. And not to mention that when you're an older guy, just the physical difference of being developed at 22, 23 years old versus being a freshman, even if you're a really talented athletic freshman that the staff is very high on. And there's a couple of those on the team. I'm going to talk about this more on part two, but I just feel like the staff has done a really good job of recruiting with purpose and recruiting with intent. They were able to identify the strengths of the roster last season and into this spring. You felt good about a lot of what was returning. Didn't lose a ton of impactful players, but they knew that there was room to bolster the depth and that's what they've gone out and done. They haven't had like the flashiest transfer class in the world. It's not a bunch of five stars or anything like that, but it's guys that have proven they can play. And it's guys that day one immediately make this team deeper and better. And that's what the roster needed. You have the flash, you have the Tory Hortons, you have the Jack Howells of the world, Mo Kamara. But now CSU's success doesn't have to be 100% dependent on those guys. Like, clearly, they're going to play massive roles, and if those guys aren't successful, the odds of CSU being successful pretty slim. But now you have a supporting cast. You have an ensemble to help fill out the production. Ever been to a show where the lead is really good, but the rest of the cast is terrible? Probably not going to be very enjoyable. And that was kind of the issue with CSU last year. It wasn't that they didn't have some talented players. They had some really talented players. The ceiling of those guys was really high. But now by greatly improving the overall depth of the team, you're elevating the floor. And frankly, that was necessary. It was needed after a lackluster recruiting effort the past couple of years, you know, under Adazio and even the end of Bobo. It's just encouraging to see effort and this program heading in the right direction again. But we're going to keep this rolling. We're going to keep talking about some of these transfers. I'm going to talk about SMU transfer wide receiver Dylan Goffney, the latest transfer commit. 
probably the flashiest offseason addition thus far. But he's a guy that I'm really high on, had significant interest in the portal, and he's definitely a guy that I expect to be a major contributor for the offense this fall. That wide receiver room is looking awfully nasty, y'all. Real quick, take on the sun with gear that's built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn, durable frames, and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements, so if you lose or break your pair, even day one, they're going to send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. And if you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange for a new pair or return them free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Again, their team has your back. Finally, you can check out the entire collection at their brand new location in the Park Meadows Mall, a full-stop shop for all things Shady Rays. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays has given out the best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com, use the code DNVR for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. All right, like I said, I'm going to break this into two parts, mostly for your convenience, just so it's not information overload. So I will continue this on part two. Probably never make it when you listening to that right now. I said we on now. 